0: Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny.
1: And a very hearty good morning to you. It's Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. On this somewhat gray and foggy so far Saturday morning. Uh, from where I am in Seattle, if you look one way, you see fog. If you look the other way, you see clouds. So depending on where you are, that's the great thing about living in Seattle. The weather changes no matter where you go. And for 25 minutes, I could be in snow uh, if I want to, uh, although I don't know if I want to do that this morning. Uh, but it is Saturday morning. We are at our regular meeting place 11.50 a.m. KKNW for drive time. Everything seems to be in place as Nathan is here and healthy and with us. Good morning, Nathan.
2: Good morning, Vinny.
1: There you go. If, the, if Nathan's not there, we are in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll, uh, we, we are assured, at least from the technical side of things, that uh, all will work well for the next uh, hour on this radio program and this radio station. Interesting times for the automotive business right now. It's, um, you know, the, uh, the the pandemic has forced the automobile business into things that it may not have wanted to do earlier. The, the whole virtual thing, uh, the whole thing about um, buying cars online and so on and so forth we're certainly advancing. Um, because we saw used car online companies really pick up over the last couple of years. I'm thinking of Carvana, uh, Carvana, whatever they say, as one that I think of immediately. There's also a bunch of other companies uh, that are online. But we hadn't, due to various reasons, seen it happen with new cars, except for Tesla. You know, Tesla, you can go and you can buy a Tesla online and, uh, you know, you got to go down to the dealer and pick it up. It's a very analogous to the Apple experience, uh, mainly because the chief marketing officer for Tesla came from Apple. So they wanted to create an experience with Tesla uh, that was the modern day experience. No high pressure, this, no that, you know, just order your car, pay the price. Give them your credit card or your financing, get it all squared away, and boom. There we go. Uh, You'll pick up your car and you're done. No haggling with a salesman. No trying to get a few bucks off for this. They're not trying to sell you undercoding. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes on when you go to a, a car dealer. And listen, we can, we can look at car dealer ads and everything like that. But it's still the nature of the business that, you know, the people are intimidated to go into car dealerships uh, alone. I I know this because people hire me to go with them into car dealerships to talk to, uh, to negotiate, and to make sure that they're getting what they're supposed to be getting in a car deal. I've done it hundreds of times. And got people, so I know that it's intimidating enough to go into an automobile showroom uh, for the average person because it intimidates me when I go in there sometimes. You know, you get a good salesman, you get a a high-pressure thing, and you're sitting there. Now, I don't get, I don't intimidate to the point of this because I have the one magic thing. I get up and walk out. If a deal isn't right for me, uh, I don't care who you are, you're not going to sell me the car. I did that once early on in my car buying career. I bought a truck like that uh, where I was kind of pressured into buying it. And I swore to myself that I would never let that happen again. And I don't. And I haven't. In buying cars subsequently down the road. But people will, from time to time, call me up and and say, hey, Vinny, uh, I'm looking for a new car. Uh, What do I want? Uh, You know, this is is kind of what my needs are. What do I want? And I'll give them a suggestion and they can have a couple of suggestions and they can either go uh, buy it, you know, do their own thing, or they can hire me to go with them and I'll help them out, uh, help them negotiate the deal or oversee it. So this way they're getting what they want. That dynamic is starting to change very slowly. Very, very slowly, but it's starting to change. We did a seminar this week with a company uh, that is setting up dealerships to now be able to sell you cars online, which is, you know, a pretty a, a pretty good deal. You can sit home, you can peruse through a dealer's inventory and see what kind of car they have. And if you like that car, you can pay a price that the dealer's productive. But you're still going to have the negotiation is still going to be that thing about dealing with the dealer. Well, Nissan this week announced uh, that they are going to go into the business, and this is going to be an interesting thing to watch uh, because in many states it is illegal for a de- for a company, a car company, to sell you a car directly. You have to go through a dealer. It's an antitrust thing. Uh, but Tesla and other companies now are starting to challenge these laws that were out there for years, and saying why. You know why can't we just sell this car directly to you? We'll put a price on it. You go online. You pay that price. We deliver you the car. Nissan is coming up with. Um, this, what they call Nissan at home, which is exactly what you'll do. You'll sit in your armchair. You'll sit in a, you know, down or you'll go on your phone while you ride the bus to work and you'll scroll through the cars that they have, uh, what they offer. Um, I'm sure that they'll have a system set up where you can test drive something that you like. They'll bring a car to your house to test drive it and so on and so forth. And then, if you like that car, you will buy it right there from the de- from Nissan, not from a dealer, but from Nissan. And I guess dealers will service those cars um, because dealers have service departments that they have to keep going to, and this will become a, a source of revenue. But I think we are starting to see the cracking of that system uh, that says, uh, you know, I go down to the dealer. uh, I wear my sweatsuit so I can sweat, and I bang out a deal with the dealer, and and I negotiate. Now you'll be able to sit in a very non-confrontational. We all know in Seattle, the non-confrontational thing is a big deal. And you'll be able to go. You'll be able to sit in your room. You'll be able to go through uh, the different Nissans and buy the one you want. And if it is successful, and if it passes court challenges, and if, and if, and if, and if, and if, within a couple of years, you will be able to sit in your, in your living room and order a car. And a a new car we're talking about now. You can already do it with a a new car, a used car, but you can't do it right now with a new car. And, except for Tesla, and now Nissan. And it'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out and what the challenges are going to be, the antitrust implications here, uh, because, you know, the the federal government believes that there needs to be um, an independent buffer between the manufacturer and the um, consumer that's been that way for Years and years and years, many states have laws that regulate that. I believe Tesla beat the state of Michigan. So you'll be able to, um, you know, to start to go. Now, I don't know what this means for the auto dealer itself. There are many people who still like to go down and do business with the dealer. I know that uh, if I'm going to buy a Cadillac, uh, you know, I probably want to go over and see Brotherton because I know him uh, or GMC, uh, you know, you know him and you, you feel like you're doing business with somebody local. See, there's also an emotion here, you know, that, that, that's an interesting dynamic and, I, and I'm really fascinated in, in finding out more about it. And that is the emotion of of when you buy a purchase like this, do you want to buy it from somebody that you can hold responsible? Somebody that you can talk to? You want somebody's phone number that you can call and say, this isn't right. Now, we all know that online purchases can be sometimes far away from that. Amazon has a good system um, a few other you know Nordstrom has been like that for years before computers even were thought of but for the most part you know online returns and things like that can be a hassle and the fact that you can only communicate by email or that there's nobody to call, I know frustrates me to no end. You know, I still come from the old school enough that I want to pick up the phone and talk to somebody and say, hey, Verizon, this isn't working. Or, hey, uh, Viacom or Xfinity, whatever you're calling yourself these days, this isn't working right. Try that sometime. you <laughs> You be, you be there for a long time, and then the person that you talk to generally has, knows nothing about anything. They have a book in front of them, and they say, okay, sounds like this, sounds like that, and boom. So that's something that we'll be watching. We're going to talk to, uh, we're going we're to try to get somebody on from the uh, uh, Washington Dealers Association. I want to want to delve into this more because I think it is going to foster a uh, dynamic change in the way dealers do business. And in a way you buy a car. And especially if you're younger, if you're a millennial, you're in that, uh, the younger generation, a generation that's coming up now, going to be in their twenties and thirties, my daughter's age. You are going to, that's probably how you're going to buy your future car because you don't want to hassle with bought with, with the dealer and uh, going to pick out. You want it right there in front of you online. You can put two, three cars together and compare them, pick the one out that you want, and no funny business. Boom. That's what you want. You get your credit approved, and they bring the car to your door on the back of a flatbed truck. That model seems to be working well. I have a friend that bought um, a used car through Carvana, And it was about the seamless car, most seamless car purchase that I ever saw. I mean, it was really simple. She once she saw the car, she liked it. It Was a Kia Sorento. She saw it, she liked it. Uh, She typed in her numbers into the uh, into the thing, the computer, and typed back what they could finance it for and what the payment would be and everything like that. She did her budget. She could afford it. She liked the car. There's a guarantee if you don't like the car, you can send it back within a certain amount of time. what have I got to lose? I don't have to stand on a dealer's lot. I don't have to deal with with um with a negotiation. And in what's becoming a more and more um afraid of confrontational society, afraid of confrontational society, I think that people are are wanting that. I'm interested in what you think about it. All right, um, we will take a quick break here. We will come back, and I will take you down to the virtual consumer electronics show, the CES, uh, which is a huge show uh, for the automotive business. Uh, Many um, aftermarket and um, different kinds of automotive suppliers bring their wares down here and show them off uh, because of COVID. The show did not happen at the Las Vegas Convention Center this year, but that doesn't mean the show isn't going to happen. It happened online. Lots of news from there, lots of reports, lots of different stuff. We will get into them in the next segment. Um, I have to tell you, I have to tease you here that, uh, boy, oh, boy, um, there's a lot of things flying around. Everybody's talking about flying, except for Caterpillar. They're talking bigger. It is Drive Time Radio on a Saturday morning. I'm New York Vinny. We got our uh, Cartoon of the Week coming up for you as well. Don't you go anywhere right here on 1150
3: KKNW. Bright new beginning to a beautiful 1968. Chevrolet's Impala Sport Coupe. Dramatically new, distinctively styled. What strikes you first is the beautiful harmony of line. Every curve, every sweep is clean and compatible. Modern, fresh design. And inside, Chevrolet remembers your comfort with new colors, new fabrics, new instrument panel. Security, too, with the approved GM energy absorbing steering column, new side marker lights. Impala 68, unforgettably beautiful right back to its new recessed taillights. Impala, America's favorite car, is at your Chevrolet dealers. Who reminds you, be smart, be sure, buy Chevrolet. Alternative Talk,
2: 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web.
1: Saturday morning in it's drive time right here on KKNW. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride this Saturday morning. As we uh, as we delve into the world of automotive, I'm New York City. You're a host, Nathan, is along to make everything work perfectly, and it is perfect because you, yes, you are here. It is uh, the Consumer Electronics Show, the CES. This is one show that I have never attended. I was hoping in 2021 uh, to go. Uh, now that I was back out west was easier for me to get down to Las Vegas to go. But as in many other things going on, uh, you know, in the world, it's not happening uh, because of COVID. So, uh, of course, if you're an electronics show, uh, you figure out a way to do it virtually, right? I mean, let's face it. That's what you're selling is a lot of virtual opportunities. So ces said we will put everything virtually you can watch the show you can go online you can look at it and um there were many things uh that were uh disclosed and shown and seen by uh so many of the automotive press uh that would have attended this show myself included this year General motors um i think were probably the most active automaker at the uh, at the CES. Although the Go Lodge or Go Home Award for the show definitely went to Caterpillar. They showed off a Caterpillar 797F dump truck. Now, the 797F is approximately the size of a two-story house. It's one of those trucks you see, like, in mining and in road building. And, I don't know, I think the total weight of the truck without a load is like 212,000 tons. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a monster. You know, the, the tires on it are, you know... Not 12 inches, they're 12 feet. It's an amazing piece of machinery. Well, Caterpillar has been working to make these trucks autonomous driving trucks. And at the virtual uh, CES, Caterpillar showed off their autonomous driving 797F. Now they have smaller trucks that do this that autonomously drive. John Deere also showed off, and this is going to be great for you, Wazoo people. Uh, this is, they showed off a ton of um, self-driving tractors and combines, so that you know, Farmer Joe can just send that combine out into the field and use it virtually like a, a radio-controlled car that your kid has, or the. I have, actually. Um, and set it out there in the field and let it let it do its thing while a farmer is doing something else. Um, perfect uses for these uh, for these vehicles. Absolutely the right way uh, to use them. I don't know um, how much the autonomous car is going to catch on. I mean, it's coming. Nothing you can do about it. It seems, though... That Autonomous has taken a step back at the moment to electrics. Electrics seem to be the thing that everybody wants to have on their showroom floor. It seems to be the thing that that every auto manufacturer feels like they have to have an electric out there on the floor uh, by 2023 to compete so you are seeing scads of these electric cars either concept or coming to market general motors is probably involved large the largest with these i believe they have something like uh, 11 or 12 coming to market here in the next couple of years as a matter of fact so involved in the electric market is general motors getting that they have changed their logo it's a logo that's been around for years in some form or another with the, just the capital GM and the little box around it. I mean, I remember him on the uh, floorboard or on, actually on the pillar of my father's cars. My father's a GM guy. And you have the GM and then you'd have the sill plate that said Body by Fisher. Because that was who made the General Motors bodies. Anyway, it seems that General Motors is leading the way or at least trying to lead the way with electrics. And they certainly showed off some interesting cars this week at CES. Now, remember, this is not an auto show. This is a show to bring new technology to bear, to show you what these different companies are working on, mostly from the technological side. Um, there's other shows that show other things, but at, you know, like SEMA, you'll see that, you know, you'll see that you'll see different, but this is the, this is the show where the electronic, the brain stuff is being shown off. And so GM, uh, to go along with their new logo, uh, decided to roll out a bunch of different electric cars. The one that I think is uh, maybe the furthest from the truth is Cadillac seems to have had three of them. They had a um, an SUV, uh, no, a sedan-type vehicle that looked like it very well could have come to market tomorrow, um, all electric, with all electric. Everything in the car was electric um then you had a and that was the Celestique then you had this people mover kind of car you know those square cars that you've seen all the time and it looks like a living room inside uh well they were showing off one of those and I think that's kind of the limousine version uh, or a version of what you're going to see as a limousine uh coming up in the next few years and that was a cool-looking car, and also a car that looked like it could come to fruition fairly quickly. Very square-looking. It was still distinguishable as a Cadillac in the front and the rear, but interesting, the Cadillac was taking the lead on what I think is going to be the 21st century limousine. Uh, the third car, though, was the one that uh, that got the buzz going. This is the one that people were looking at and going, really? Now, you know, if you've followed me for a long time, you know I have an interest in flying cars. I don't think they're practical. I I think the way people drive, the last thing we want to do in the world is put people in flying cars. I mean, you wouldn't be able to go out in the street. You couldn't send your, you think you can't go out in the street with a virus. What about the shards of metal falling out of the sky? You think you're gonna feel any better about sending Timmy off to school if that happens? I just don't think that people have the uh, individuals, have, um, I think it takes a certain kind of person to fly. And I just don't think that every person is cut out for it. And I don't think that you could ever sell a car to somebody in good conscience, down here you get in it and fly. So, and I don't know if that's the car maker's intentions, but Cadillac uh, showed off um, a, a, an electric car that... Um, that was pretty pretty cool. I thought it was much more of an electric taxi uh, called EVTOL. So it's a electric vertical takeoff machine. It had looked like a drone that you could sit in. Okay, it had like two seats. You could just could pull up to your building, your roof building. It would pick you up, fly you across town or wherever you had to go, drop you off on the roof of another building. And depending on what the setup is for these things, um, I think we're going to see them. I don't know that we will see them before 2030, but I think we are going to see these cars. I think General Motors is certainly intent on develop, developing these things. Now, a little more practical for General Motors was the um, the uh, uh, Chevy pickup, That looks like it'll kind of go along with the Hummer. Uh, You know, the F-150 Ford has an electric pickup that's going to be coming along. And so Chevy will have an electric pickup. And General Motors is going to get in on maybe the biggest growth area of electric right now on this day. And I mean, by growth area, I mean, that they're actually selling. Cars that you can actually go out and buy, and not cars, they're trucks. Uh, General Motors is going to get into the delivery van business. So they have a subsidiary that they started called Bright Drop uh, that's going to create vans that will be all electric and they modularly bring things to stores mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, all with the intention of cutting down greenhouse gases and pollution. hoping that, that this will move our world forward in, in a cleaner air and a cleaner water and mineral-saving type of situation. We, we can argue about that all we want, because there are some people who will say, well, that's just not the reality of it. The reality of it is is that you will um, not save uh, pollution because you're going to have to burn fossil fuel to make the electricity. But again, as we've talked about on the show before and experts have come on the show and talked to us, if this all works right. There'll be thousands of jobs created in the energy business that have nothing to do with coal or gas that have to do with wind turbines and have to do with um, solar. And they are developing these cars right now. A few months ago, we had uh, one of the chief electric engineers from Ford on. And he was telling us about, um, you know, the possibility of at some point, you'll charge your car like you charge your cell phone. You'll pull it into the driveway. It'll sit on a pad. Any electricity will come either solar or in some other fashion to your charging pad. And, you know, and again, we're not going to eliminate the gasoline vehicle 100%. But I think the the technology, the battery technology, and so on and so forth is improving almost every day. We're now talking realistically about 500-mile ranges. How many of you out there are driving more than 500 miles a day? Here you go. Uh, For many of us, it's going to be, will it get me to Pullman and back? Will it get me to Spokane and back? Will it get me to um, Idaho or Montana where I have my summer cabin, where I have my ski cabin? Will it get me that far and back? That is going to be, that is, I think, the main concern for people that live up here. If you're back east, I think it's a lot less because everything's closer together. There's more, um, there's there's more charging stations, more ability to charge a vehicle. So, I think that that's that's where we're going to be different. Is one side of the country will be more apt to adopt electric earlier than you might see out here, but in places like California, places like Portland, like Seattle spokane where people you know aren't going to make that 500 mile trip every day where people are buzzing down to the supermarket and back uh, three times a week or to the library taking the kids to school or to uh you know to uh, your political club meeting or whatever the electric is going to work fine for you and there'll be um a lot of technology uh that goes along with it in essence you're driving a computer i mean really when it comes down to it i was talking about this with one of the uh people that uh, work for one of the car companies this week um you're not driving a 63 409 impala anymore that's you know you can smell the gas uh you're, you're driving a computer on wheels. And that is what a car is is, is essentially going to be. It is now really for um, most intensive purposes, unless you really go and buy an inexpensive car. But with all of the different um, options and their safety options, all runs off of computers. And now with the electric motors that are strong enough to turn wheels where you're going to see cars that come with four electric motors on them instead of one big motor under the hood it's only going to improve and get better improve and get better so it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out what models are available uh the future in automotive it seems like everybody is banking on uh is electric uh fca also uh debuted a flying car as well with a 60 mile range that's a Chrysler uh now known as Stellantis they also uh changed and have um come out with a VTOL that has a 60 mile range and should be used as an air taxi one of the coolest things i saw also was mercedes benz and you know their m-bucks i just was in a mercedes benz Last week, I'll do the review on it next week, but I was in a Mercedes-Benz last week and had the screen that goes all the way across, and man, that is, that is the future right now. Uh, the bigger the screen uh, that goes across, you call the more stuff they're going to be able to put in it. So their hyper screen is a 56-inch screen that goes across the top of your dashboard, and everything is on it. It's all on it, plus on your windshield. So that's going to give you a lot of information. It's going to be the nerve center of your car. But not to be outdone, Panasonic is doing a virtual reality nav system. So you'll look at a screen. It'll show you the exact uh, street in front of you and which way to go down the street, not just on arrows on a map, but you'll actually see what's in front of you and on that layered on that will be the, um, the route that you're supposed to take. I think it's going to be interesting to see people, uh, use that, but the thing that I like the most, okay. My favorite out of the whole show, flying cars and all sorts of stereo and, uh, you know, um, virtual reality stuff and everything. What I like the most is Gentech, a company called Gentech, which showed off a rear view mirror that has a dash cam in it. So your dash cam and more and more people are using dash cams. But, you know, they're a pain. You got to plug it into the cigarette lighter, uh, uh, you know, the electric port. You have to, um, you know, he's got a suction cup. You got to put it up there. Uh, you, you can't forget it. Got a chip. This one, all self-contained. Review mirror, dash cam mirror, all in the same unit. You can't tell you got a dash cam up there so nobody breaks into your car to steal it. You just, you just adjust it. You hit the button, and, and it takes the pictures for you. Very simple. Very, very simple. And that, I think, to me, really became, uh, I, I thought the best thing that I saw, and the coolest thing I saw at the show, not the best thing, but something, because I could sink of all those wires on the windshield with the dash cam. So it was an immediate improvement to my life. I wanted to buy that tomorrow. I would I would've, if they had a thing on there that said buy now, I would've hit the buy now button for that and put it in the car you are believe you me all right we will uh take a quick break come back we got our saturday morning cartoon for you coming up if you were well if you're my age and you were into uh, watching television in the 60s early 60s uh you're gonna love this one this is probably a song you haven't heard since you're a kid so if you're a mike mercury fan gather around the radio get the kids around the radio. Because we got something that you are going to love. we Strive Time Radio, Saturday morning cartoon coming up next. Right here on 1150 KKNW. The newest
0: new cars in 20 years from Chrysler Corporation.
4: The way people have reacted to that new style. More than a new silhouette, it's...
0: A new shape of
4: motion. New shape of motion
2: in all five cars of the forward look. Completely new, the 1957 Plymouth. Compare the fins those fins. They're the keynote of our styling leadership. Styling that others are trying to follow.
4: Compare the new Lowness. Remember, the entire body is new, as much as five inches lower. Twin light styling, Really new front grills. The 1957 1957 Dodge. Dodge. The new Dodge. That's right. Everybody does a double take when they see this new shape of motion. Completely new styling. 93 models,
2: 417 color combinations to choose from.
0: The
4: 1957 disorder. Again, styling leadership, plus completely new performance. New torsion air ride is a completely new idea in suspension systems.
0: 1957 Chrysler
2: With a completely new transmission, the new push button torque flight transmission.
4: Smoother, swifter acceleration for greater control in every driving range. New power, too. New V8s with greater all-around performance. And here's the proudest expression of the forward look. This year, introducing an Imperial Converter. Imperial is the finest automobile. No matter what price range or model you're interested in, find the styling leader, the best value, among the 93 models of the forward look, the newest new cars in 20 years, the 1957.
0: Plymouth Dodge. DeSoto. Chrysler. And the
2: Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound.
1: Back with you on Drive Time Radio, New York Vinny, hanging out with you Saturday morning. Thank you so much for uh, coming along and hanging out and going for the ride with me every Saturday morning. I also remind you that uh, Monday... Wednesday and Fridays on Facebook Live, which uh, many of you listen to us on. We, uh, meaning Michael Knight and I, uh, reprise the Mikey and Vinny show. Michael Knight, New York, Vinny, that was uh, popular here in Seattle for many years. We are uh, back on the, uh, on the what do you call a Facebook Live? We're not on the air, we're on the Facebook Live, but we're going to also take it to podcast uh, starting in February. So you'll be able to get it uh, at most of your podcast providers. And it's uh, Michael, you know, two guys look at the world. It's uh, Mikey and Vinny's take on the world. And uh, we, like I said, did it here in Seattle for years and people loved it. And so many people, for sure it was on only three and a half years. So many people remembered it. Uh, When I got back to town, so many people said, are you going to team back up with Mikey? And I said, why not? We're friends. We talk all the time. We've been doing all this stuff together at all these other radio stations. So now Seattle gets a, a taste of us. And and so now you'll be able to uh, to crank us up on your podcast and for all your uh, favorite podcasts providers to be able to do that. And we appreciate uh, that you listen. But for now, you can catch us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I also want to wish a happy birthday to my friend Robin. Down in Miami, Florida, I know she's listening this morning. Uh, Robin, uh, I've known Robin for years, and a, a lovely person, and a, a person that uh, that uh, has been a you know a, a great part of uh, an earlier part of my life. And we've reconnected, and it's just nice to uh, to know that uh, she listens to the show. And today's a birthday, so Robin, all the best wishes in the world for you, my dear. I hope you find uh, and get happiness and love and uh, all the things that uh, that we all deserve. A little piece of. I hope it visits your door on your 29th birthday. Yeah, there you go. Ah, uh, supercar. Any of you remember supercar? This is probably going to be more a guy's thing than a girl's thing. Okay, I, I'm, I'm going to think that here because um, Supercar was a show uh, of marionettes of puppets done by um, a guy named Jerry Anderson and his wife, Sylvia. And what it basically was, this, this kind of super marionation where there would be these elaborate sets and they would control the marionettes from up above which is how you control marionettes and it was an action television show so the marionettes would sit in this car that could fly or it could go on the ground or it could go underwater it was a supercar and I think it traded off the uh, Superman craze of the era Uh, anything that was super was you know, it was was pretty cool in those days, and I remember this used to this used to air on Channel Five, uh, I think every afternoon. I know it was a a British television show, but when we were kids, who knew from British, who knew from you know whatever, they spoke English, they sounded English, so boom, we were watching it. And it was great. It had uh, Mike Mercury. It had this little boy and his dog that were lost. And they found a station in the desert. It had a wacky professor. It was great. I think it went on. I I have, I don't know. I I have the the complete set of the DVDs. I think it was two or three years. And then I went on to um, Stingray and Fireball XL5. And a few other of these uh, shows that basically used the same kind of marionettes, except there was one that used a combination of live people and marionettes. And I forget if it was Space 1999 or something like that, but um, I, I became hooked on them, like many still are. So if you want to Google it or you want to look it up, it's Jerry Anderson, G-E-R-R-Y. And I believe his wife helped him do the uh, the puppets as well. But the theme song from this show always got me. It was short and sweet, and it told you everything that Supercar could do. So for our Saturday morning cartoon, here is something from a real kind of cartoon and the theme from Supercar. Now tell me that's not a cool television theme, I mean really, tell me that that's not, I mean Nathan, you've probably never seen this show, you probably don't know anything about it, but I'm gonna ask you, was that a cool television scene, a theme show?
2: If I was alive back in the day, I think I would have watched it.
1: You think just on the theme alone, right? Right. Well, you ought to go on YouTube and check it out, Nathan. You might like something like this. It's uh, it's kind of kind of offbeat, kind of wacky, but yet kind of fun.
2: Hey, As you know, being a supercar like that, so advanced in technology, that's just how a show had to be back in the day. It was wacky had, and fun.
1: Yeah, you had to. Be, you didn't have all the technology. Although this thing had some interesting, um, you know, technological stuff that was way ahead of its time uh but uh, yeah certainly it was uh it was a a fine fine um experience to hear the song and to see the thing and and like i said they're all on youtube so if you want to check them out uh they're there and um and that's the theme from supercar there you go i mean you really couldn't uh I, I I can't imagine that somebody's driving down the road, listen to the show, and they hear that come on, and it jolts them right back to like 1964, and 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 um you know remember Mike Mercury and Professor Popkiss and all of that. So that's our Saturday morning cartoon because cars and music uh, go together so well, and we also wanted to pay tribute. It's not often that you get two flying cars. At one show. At, you know, usually one auto show, one electronic show, you'll have one thing that flies. But, but being as FCA and General Motors both showed off flying cars, what better time to crack out the supercar theme uh, than right here, right now. So uh, there you have it, the supercar theme. All right. Uh, you know what I think, uh Nathan?
2: I see it's time for my question, I think.
1: Um you know, I'm I'm uh I'm getting there. Uh it it is time for uh I would say the question.
2: Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week?
1: Oh, naked, naked, naked. What am I driving this week? I am driving a, a beautiful high performance wonderful car i'm driving a lexus which i love i think you and i have talked about the lexus before and um it's a car that uh, uh you know i i, I just uh, i've driven them so long and seen the improvement in this car and the latest one that uh i've driven I'm driving I should say uh this week it is really kind of uh kind of off the charts good I like it uh you know I've driven you know the G90 I've driven the Infinity a couple of weeks ago and as I get down into the um into the Lexus it's um it's one of those cars that you just you know it's it's so well built, so put together correctly, that this uh, this this is 300 is something that um, you really you look at it and you, and you drive it and you go wow man this is a this it's an unassuming looking type of machine. It doesn't strike you as a BMW does. It doesn't strike you as maybe an Infiniti does. But when you when you get into this car and you start to drive it along, you put it through its paces, you get out on the highway with it. Uh, it really, it shines. It really does. And, and uh, I, I had a couple of days of putting it through. It's going to take it on a nice long test drive today, probably up to the Canadian border and get out and look around and then come back uh, because we can't go into Canada. But this really was, uh, uh, you know, a sharp car. Uh, that I really, that I really love. I really look forward uh, to reviewing. It has some uh, guts to it. It handles nice, and I think it's going um, to. I think it's going to fare well. It's the Lexus, as I said, the IS three hundred. It um, it's redesigned. I love that it had the rear of the car has some nice design lines to it. It doesn't look like exactly everything else out there i'll put some pictures up on the internet to uh on uh, the drive time uh page to show you on uh, facebook but really um uh, from driving dynamics to comfort to handling uh the only drawback to the is, as i say with all the lexuses is i don't particularly like their system uh that they have for their infotainment uh the the connection with the infotainment system it feels like a mouse if you hit it wrong, it it throws everything, uh, entertainment wise, you know, radio wise, and everything off kilter. And when you're paying that much for a car, um, I think you want something a little, I don't know, you want something like in the Avalon, uh, you know, in the Toyota Avalon or something like that, which did a dip, which is a different but better system. But other than that, boy, I'll tell you, the IS 300 is a sharp car. And I am uh, excited to uh, bring you a full review of it uh, up in the coming weeks. All right, let's quickly, quickly do our review of, uh, which is uh, our review of the week of the Chevy Trailblazer.
0: The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, he does.
1: And here he is to do that, the Chevrolet Trailblazer, the 2021 Chevrolet Trailblazer. A, uh, boy, I tell you, you know, Chevy, I talk about cars sometimes that I get in or word about, and you get in the car and you say, oh, this is going to be, eh, you know. And you start to drive the car, and it grows on you as you're driving it. And that's exactly what the 2021 20, uh, Chevrolet Trailblazer did for me um it is not a highway hauler it's a thousand pound towing capacity you don't want to buy this car to pull a trail along uh, to pull uh, an rv or anything like that but if you are in the city if you have to roam around and pick up kids or if you're an uber driver or a lyft driver and you're looking for a car that has some seriously spacious rear seat room good cargo room in the back to put stuff even with that seat up that rear seat up um comfortable uh, front seats that are supportive and decent and um the handles like a car handles just like a car not like a sports car not like a truck not like an SUV, it handles like a car. Then the Chevy Trailblazer, I think, is something worth looking at. It's a subcompact SUV. Uh, there are different versions of it, so if you want to step up to a $40,000 one, you can do that, or you can get it for around $20,000. Actually, I think the lowest price on these things is nineteen. And you get a lot of tech features with it, no matter what level, you you go at so it has nothing to do with the old trailblazer of years ago but you have this um this uh, trailblazer uh that has all of the tech that you want It uh, gives you that uh subcompact suv space it's bigger than the tracks has great cargo space i think mean, it's um 54.4 cubic feet with the rear seats down and the front passenger seat folds down as well so it gives you the ability to carry long things like a a a surfboard or something like that inside the car it feels upscale uh the interior uh, all of the great features that you need in there like i said and it performs uh quite well uh, again, it's not gonna, it's no rock crusher. Uh, you're not going to um, you know, win any races in this thing. But to get around the city to pick the kids up from school and to use it as a good, solid urban crossover, the Chevrolet Trailblazer fits the bill. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Drive Time. We'll catch up with you next Saturday morning. Thanks to Nathan for making everything run and to you for listening. If the Lord's Will and the Creek don't rise, we'll see you next Saturday morning. Bye-bye.